Good afternoon. Thank you so very much for tuning in to uh, our 5 o'clock Bible class time. During this time of COVID and concerns, our elders, as most of you already know, have deemed it for safety purposes that we are live streaming again and not meeting in person. We had just begun in our 5 o'clock time having not only an auditorium class, but also a class in the annex, which would uh, make it possible to spread out, and Lord willing, we'll uh, move back to doing that again. But in that class, various teachers were studying great Bible characters or characters throughout the Bible from which we learn great Bible lessons. And uh, if you're thinking... If you saw me on the screen and said, oh, me, not him again, I assure you there'll be some other teachers who will study some great characters with you. Tonight, I'd like for us to turn our Bibles to the book of 3 John. If you'll turn to the book of 3 John, we're going to find three individuals in that letter. Sometimes the short letters or epistles, like 3 John, which only have one chapter or no chapter, depending on how you look at it, we overlook those. Or we read them and we don't really dig in them because, dig into them for some reason, because they are small, we get the idea that they don't contain things that are important. John was just writing this letter and it got in there somehow. Folks, I assure you, when you look at 2 Corinthians or 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and you read all scriptures given by God, by inspiration of God, from the very breath of God, and is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, I promise you, 3 John falls into that category. And as we look into it tonight, we find three characters. And I promise you, if you think about each one of these, one named Gaius, one named Diotrephes, and the other named Demetrius, all three children of God, all three members of the Lord's church, when you think about them, now, not all of them were as they should be. Sometimes we look at a character in the Word of God and we find that character isn't behaving the way he or she should. That character isn't living the way he or she should. That doesn't mean there's not something great that we can learn from them. It might be we learn something we should not do. So as we look into 3 John tonight, I want us to look at a portrait that God paints through His inspired truth of three men. First, read verses 1 through 4 with me. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children to hear of my children walking in truth. First of all, look at Gaius. Gaius, John said that Gaius is walking in truth. That the, not only do the brethren, not only do other children of God say, John, let us tell you about this man Gaius, what he does, the things that he does. But we learn here that he not only is in good health, but his soul prospers. In fact, John said, I hope that your health, you know, this is a time when we could very easily say to another Christian, I hope your health prospers. I hope that you get over this virus or that you don't catch this virus or that this virus doesn't do long-term things to your health. But I ask you this, if someone were to say that to you, 
would they be able to say the way John said to Gaius, that I pray that your health prospers, that you are as healthy physically as your soul is. If you and I were as healthy as our souls are, what kind of health would we have? What kind of condition would we be? Notice here that Gaius walks in the truth. The truth testifies of him. Could others say of us by watching us, this person walks in truth? Does the very truth of God's Word, when someone reads it, when someone studies it, when someone understands it, do they think about your example and the way that you're living? In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 23, Solomon wrote, Buy the truth and sell it not, and, uh, and get wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The truth is very important. Isn't that why Jesus said in John 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free? Isn't that why Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 and verse 22, you've purified your souls in obeying the truth? See, Gaius was an individual who the truth testified of Gaius. Here is an individual who is living it. Here is an individual whose soul is prospering because he is walking in the truth. Verse 4. Jesus said in John 17 and verse 17, when he prayed to the Father, sanctify them through thy truth, your word is truth. Is that why we were told in Ephesians, or why we are told in Ephesians 4 and verse 1, to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we've been called? Walk worthy of the calling in which you've been called, they, uh, some translations say. You know, when I read Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, he said we are called by the truth. We're called by the gospel. Gaius is a great example for you and me because John said your soul is prospering. You walk in the truth. Can that, can that be said of you and me? But number two, there is another individual in here. Not so, not so much a good example as is Gaius. Look at verses 9 through 11. Let's read on down to verse 9, beginning in verse 5. Still speaking of Gaius, Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, especially when they are strangers. And they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, uh, talking about Christ, Christianity, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Again, before we leave Gaius, can it be said of us that we are fellow workers of the truth, in the truth with others? Can it be said that this person loves the church like Gaius does? But now we come to Diotrephes, verses 9 through 11. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. Now, I don't want to read more into the scripture here than is here, but it seems by inference, understanding, we can understand by inference, that Diotrephes had some authority. He had some influence in the church of some description, whether self-imposed or uh, in a leadership capacity, we don't know. But watch, I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, King James says preeminence, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with 
wicked words, and not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren. Either those brethren that, about which John spoke, verses 1 through 9, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. I want you to notice here that, this, that John is not talking about a person who is, quote, in the world. That is someone who, uh, as the old saying goes, has, doesn't darken the door of the church building. But this is about someone who does darken the door. Not only does he darken the door, he comes inside and he is inside that building if... They, not that they had a building, but in other words, he is, he is still active in the Lord's church. Unfortunately, his activity is not correct. His activity is not spiritual activity. Something has happened. What's happened? Well, in verse 9, he loves to be first among them. He wants to be the preeminence, the idea. He wants to be the chief cook and bottle washer, as the old saying goes. He wants to have that authority and have that honor and he's let that as another saying goes it has gone to his head how do you know because he's doing things all right I will call attention to his deeds first 10 he doesn't accept what we say he's rejecting authority he is doing things that are contrary to what ought to be done he is refusing the good that's trying to be done and won't let other people do it he's putting them out of the church he's taking upon himself authority he doesn't have now, what lesson is there in it for us from Diotrephes today? Well, he loves to have the preeminence, to be first. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. In Romans chapter 12, when I read verse 3, this is what I read. For through the grace given to me, remember verses 1 and 2 talk about offering our lives a living sacrifice and not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Diotrephes wasn't doing that yet. He had stopped doing that. He'd missed that mark. Verse 3, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as to sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Wait, what, what is he saying there? He's saying that you and I, as we present our bodies a living sacrifice, shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but we understand, we think with sound judgment and understanding that God has given us through His grace the things which He has given us to do what He wants us to do in His service and to His glory. But Diotrephes had missed that mark. He had failed to understand that. Instead, it was about Him. It was about him. What can I get out of this? Look at me. But Paul said in Romans 12 and verse 3, you can't do that. When I look at Matthew chapter 11, or Mark, excuse me, Mark chapter 9, look at verses 33 through 37. Here's a little different Mark's account of this uh, happening or on this occasion. It's a little different from what we sometimes read. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent. For on the way, they had discussed with one another which one of them was the greatest. They'd been talking, and Jesus heard it, or Jesus knew it. 
They were, which one of us is greatest? Which one of us do you think Jesus likes best? Which one of us uh, ha- has the, the, the uh, more preeminent place among these disciples? Or perhaps who's going to be in charge of this and that in the kingdom? But wait a minute. Look at what he said in verse 35. Sitting down. He didn't say anything else to them. Uh, but sitting down, he called the twelve. And then he says, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. But folks, notice in this account, Mark's account, he didn't drop it there. He didn't stop there. Taking a child, he set him, the child, before them, and taking him in his arms, Jesus took that child and didn't just say, look at this child. Jesus took that child into his arms, and this is what he said. Whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me... um, does not receive me, but him who sent me. Do you want to receive God into your heart? Do you want to be a child of God? Do you want to be someone who is following the example of Christ and serving Christ? Jesus said, it's not about how great you are. It's not about how good you are. It's not about what place that someone gives you or like Diotrephes, you give yourself. But what it is about is simple service. Taking that child, loving that child doing for that child whatever helps that child become God's and remain God's. May never be printed in a bulletin, may never be noticed by anybody else, may never uh, be someone's uh, feed or, or, or profile on Facebook, but guess what? He said, you're not only doing this for me, you're, you're doing it for God. So we learn from Diotrephes, we should not think it's about us. It never has been. It never will be. It cannot be. But we've looked at Gaius and we look at Diotrephes. And now let's look at verse 12. And we find yet another character in 3 John. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we add our testimony and you know that our testimony is true. Part of me wants to wishes out loud. I, I wish, John, John, I wish you'd said more about Demetrius. Tell me more about Demetrius. But then I understand he has said all that needs to be said. For like Gaius, he had a good testimony of others. And like Gaius, it was the truth itself. So what do we know about Demetrius? Well, I don't think it reads into the text more than it is there to say that Demetrius was not satisfied with simply preaching the truth or teaching the truth, but he sought to convince people by the way he lived. He simply said that he has a good testimony of those who are around him. And he has a good testimony of the truth, and even from us. That makes me think of Galatians 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet it is not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I do now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It makes me think of Titus 2 and verse 12 where we read about the grace of God, verse 11, that's appeared to all men. But verse 12, it teaches us, God's grace does, to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. I think about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. I back up to verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. What was promised? 
For yet in a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. Did you hear that? And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Friends, you could write Demetrius' name right there in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39, because he didn't shrink back. So when you read 3 John, you get a portrait of three men from God's uh, paintbrush of his truth, of Gaius, of Demetrius, and of Diotrephes. Two to follow, one to follow but away from his example. I hope this makes you want to study these three characters a little more and dig a little deeper into what they teach us. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll continue to be a part of, if not in person, at least online, this 5 o'clock class as different teachers study with us great lessons that we can learn from Bible characters. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for allowing us to be your children, to be your students. As we study your truth, Father, may we continue to look deeply into it, plant it into our hearts, and allow you to grow a faithful life from that truth. Thank you for every blessing. In your son's name we pray. Amen.